Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking about how to start an artist YouTube channel. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Jordan, you recently started a YouTube channel, and why did you decide to start one? Yeah, so I, st I started it about a year ago, about a year and a month ago, and um, one, I kind of just wanted an outlet for my own work so I could learn how to promote myself. And I also like teaching. And I figure that there's a lot of times where I may not be able to explain something maybe on a live stream here or, you know, people asking questions on Instagram or something like that. And I thought it would just be really helpful to just point them to a video that I made that I recorded and all that stuff and just put it out there and just direct people to that. So kind of a passion project at, at, at the start. Tell us in the chat. Who here already has a YouTube channel for their art? Who here is thinking about it? And who here is going, nope, <laughs> not for me. We've been on YouTube since 2016. That is a good seven years that we've been here. And oh boy, has it been a journey. And I know, Jordan, you had a lot of hesitation about starting a channel for a while. Yeah, I I, well, I started the account December 31st of 2020, and then it took me eight months to put out a video because I was just constantly thinking about what if my videos aren't good enough, what if no one wants to watch, and all these really self-deprecating thoughts about it, and it, it, it crippled me for a long time, and uh, I don't even know what got me to post the first video. I was just like, you know what? I made this channel. I need to just put it out there and just like let it just happen see and see what works kalunu arte says just don't know where to start you just have to start because <laughs> a lot of people say oh i don't want to start until i'm better at this skill or once i know this better that if you do that you're going to be waiting for a really long time and jordan didn't you find once you started but you realize, like, what's the big boss about starting? <laughs> yeah, it. You know, I realized well, the stuff I was worried about didn't even happen. Like, I was mostly worried about maybe someone's going to say something. I have never gotten a negative or mean comment, and the people who probably do have not so nice things to say usually just leave it alone or ignore it. So, all that worrying and stress for basically nothing. And um, you know, and the people who do support are really, really active supporters, and they always have amazing comments and are active on the live streams and all that stuff. It's it's really different than what I was fearing that would be. One of the advantages when you first get started, people aren't watching. You don't have a big audience. Mm -hmm. And actually the way I knew we had quote made it, we get a lot of comments that aren't necessarily troll comments because yeah, you get ones that are like, you suck. But then you get people who are sort of aggressive about their comments and have very strong feelings. That does not really happen until you have, say, 50,000 subs. In the beginning, people are not going to comment on that because you just don't have the following yet. So you can think about the beginning as being fairly stress-free because you just don't have a big audience yet. And that's a good thing in the beginning, right? Yeah, it is, it is a big thing. It helps you to kind of navigate, figure out what kind of videos you want to make, how you how your um, influences on camera, all that stuff. Maitra Yi, happy Sunday. This is my first time joining a live stream. I'm so happy you are here. That is so wonderful to have. 
Now, here's a good place to get started. Study other YouTubers who are in similar fields, but don't become a clone. And so one of the YouTubers who I looked at, who I think is one of the best artists on YouTube, hands down, yeah. James Gurney. I love his videos. He's such a good painter. He explains things well. He has great subjects. And I know, Jordan, you've looked at Ross Draws. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ross, He, I, I found out about him when he was first starting, like in 2016, 2017, and he just was already blowing up, but now he's become this this icon, this like YouTube art mogul almost, and he, you know, so, and because he's so young and we're about the same age, that's kind of the ideal for a lot of young YouTubers. They want to get to that level. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I'll just look at it and see what he does that makes his work or his videos stand out. At the same time, though, I have definitely seen artists say, oh, well, Ross Draws does this that is really popular that style that he draws in so i better draw like that mm -hmm. that's not a good idea because then you're not doing what you actually have a passion for and people can sniff out when you are copying versus being yourself have you seen that jordan oh yeah it's it's very clear i mean we could see the same thing with music right if someone dresses like someone else or sounds like someone else or uses the same sort of ad libs we can point it out really, really easily. And like like with Ross, if I just decided I'm gonna draw only anime girls on my channel, y'all would say something about that. You'd be like, wait a second, this sound, this looks a little too familiar. Like, why not just go to the guy who already has all this established, you know? So you have to find your own voice in that sense. In other words, don't pretend to be someone you're not. I'm a dorky art teacher, okay? I am not this hot model artist who has a house in the Hamptons that they recently redecorated. And I, I don't know what it is with hot artists and these couches, but this is not who I am. And a lot of people will look at these hot artists and say, well, I'm not cute. I don't look great in a little black dress. I'm not a badass like Rashid Johnson. Therefore, I can't have a YouTube channel because I'm not somebody who looks like a fashion model. I mean, Marley was my teaching assistant back at RISD and she's a phenomenal artist. And she always has these like, gorgeous pics of her in the studio. And for some people, Jordan, that has a lot of pressure. Most of us don't look like this and have amazing art too. Yeah, you know, I, I think, um that sometimes when you get too consumed with that, it starts to become really unreachable because the way you look is generally something you cannot change. I mean, there's cosmetic surgery, but most people aren't willing to do that. They just want to, you know, post their work. And so, you know, one of the first things I think that's really important is just being comfortable with who you are as a person, because when you put that out into the world and you're letting everyone know that you're here, then, you know, you, you want to make sure you're in a secure place um, mentally. Showing your face does help engage with your audience. Colin New is saying, do we have to? You don't have to, but I do think it makes a big difference, especially on YouTube. And we talked about this quite a bit in the recent stream, the impact. Now picture if on our channel, you never saw our faces, how differently you would engage. Like Jordan, this is one of your live streams. And to me, I feel like I can connect to you as a person much more easily if I see what you look like. 
Yeah, I think it's really important because I think that's almost always the curiosity is like whenever I go to a museum or something, I'm always like, what did they look like? What did they, um, you know, what was their environment? Where are their influences? And I think it helps to understand the artwork that they create when you allow yourself to be seen like that. And honestly, if you are super uncomfortable showing your face, I'm not so sure YouTube is the best site for that because I feel like on Instagram, Jordan, people don't show their face as much as they do on YouTube. Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. I think with YouTube, like the only way I've seen it really work is if at like the video quality has to be superb. Like your artwork has to be, you know, 200 level amazing. And oftentimes they'll maybe, um, kind of do a mysterious like face reveal after a certain number of subscribers or something. That's really the only time I've seen something like that work. Good point from Carolyn, who says, I have a tiny channel. It's mostly so I have somewhere to put art. I have fun recording it, not trying to make it an income stream. This is a good point. You have to ask yourself, what is your goal with your YouTube channel? Because some people are like, I don't care if I have subscribers. It's just fun for me to do. Jordan, I know you are really trying to get your animated series Shadow Boxers up and running, and you're trying to develop a fan base and a following. And YouTube really made sense for you. Yeah, I mean that that was a big thing for me because um, you know even if I had the funding to produce a show or something like that, if I don't have an audience, it's not really going to work, right? So that's one of the biggest reasons, um, and that's one one of the reasons I kind of overhauled my channel in a sense was because I wanted to showcase my project. And so, um, and if I have other projects, I'll probably showcase it the same way. Um, so it's, it's, you do have to be kind of specific in how you decide to run it and how you create it. Felipe says, I have a small YouTube channel. Sometimes I wonder if I should show my shortcomings as an artist, like showing a painting that went wrong. I worry that I'm not being professional. Well, if that means not being professional, that means I'm not professional <laughs> because you've all seen, oh my gosh, the total blunders and bombs with artwork where I'm struggling and banging my head against the wall. And I can see, Jordan, why people worry about that. But in some ways, that's how you connect with your audience. Yeah, actually, I've, I've made several mistakes in my live streams. I've only done a couple of them, but there might be a, something where I make a mistake in the anatomy or I draw something wrong way or I mess up the character design and I use it as a teaching opportunity. And I say, OK, this is what I did wrong and here's how I'll fix it. And I'll just do it right then and there so that people know I'm not this perfect, all knowing artist being. It's um, I mean, we, we all have those moments. People just don't advertise it that much. So I wouldn't worry about making mistakes. How many people here tell us in the chat like it? when you see an artist mess up? Or do you prefer to see an artist who never makes any mistakes and everything they put in looks amazing and perfect and curated? Because I know I find that to be very standoffish. And I really feel like when artists do that on YouTube, I'm not saying in other places, it does create a distance between you and the audience. Because really, Jordan, what people want on YouTube is they want to connect with a person. I talked to you a lot about this when you were first getting started on YouTube that, you know, anybody can design a character, but people show up not just for that, but they show up for you. Right. I, th I think when we, we were discussing this, um, Rob, Bob Ross was constantly brought up as an example, at least in my own mind, because 
most people remember Bob Ross the person, not necessarily his paintings. They might have a couple of key words that they remember his that his paintings were like landscapes, outdoor, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's him as a person. And, you know, if you are running a YouTube channel, people are going to want to know you as a person. You know, what makes you fun? What makes you unique? What makes you you as a as an individual? Leslie says, recently thought about sharing struggles while making pieces so people don't get the idea that everyone is just perfect in the art world. Nobody is. That is not the case. The difference is that people hide their mistakes. This is probably the most important thing to know about how to approach creating content for YouTube. You have to make crappy videos. There is not a single person who shows up on YouTube and starts with amazing videos. Mm -hmm. And Jordan, when you look back to your very first videos, are there things about them that you might change if you oh, did them now? Oh yeah, I would change several things, whether it's the dialogue or the lighting or the position of the camera, you, you know, the how long I pause on something. There, there's a lot of things I would change, but at the same time, it's integral to my process. It's like, if I had a video of the first time I walked you know, like that would be something like, oh, their eye messed up. You know, oh, look at that. I, I slid here and oh, I fell on my knees here. Like, of course, you're going to mess up. But now I'm pretty good at walking after 20 plus years of experience. So, <laughs> you, you know, you just gotta kind of think of it that way. This is the very first video that I shot for our YouTube channel. This is before live streaming even existed. And I look at this video and I cringe so bad, Jordan, at how stiff I am, how bad the tech is, the audio is no good, but you have to do that. And while part of me really wants to delete all my terrible old videos, I leave them there as number one entertainment. But I also think your audience likes to see how you grow. Who here has watched one of our really old videos? And isn't it sort of hilarious <laughs> to see how bad we are? And Jordan, the only way you get better is to just pour through all these bad videos. Yep, it's the same thing with, I mean, I assume everyone, if not at least most people here are artists. Look at your first drawings compared to now. It's the same kind of thing. Like there's so much improvement that's going to happen inherently if you're focused on it. So yeah, allow yourself to make those bad videos because whether you like it or not, they're going to happen. And there's going to be things you want to change later on. Ginger sells the more videos you make, the more your editing improves as well. When I started ArtProf, I had never opened Premiere. I had never done sound design. I'm a completely self-taught filmmaker. And oh boy, things are different now. Jordan, even at ArtProf, we've gone through so many different softwares and equipment and it just never ends. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't end. But I guess that's the fun of it. You know, when you when you embark on a journey like this, you can't really expect it to end unless you feel like quitting your channel one day. But that's that's just part of it. You know, you have to start from somewhere. Everyone starts at zero. Um, although I have to admit, when we shouted out my channel Art Prop, they gave me a nice boost. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I think like two hundred of y'all subscribed or something. <laughs> Anna says, is there any way to grow an art YouTube that isn't necessarily about tutorials? What if you just want to show the process? Or what if you're approaching the YouTube channel as an art piece? Do it! I mean, I know that a lot of art channels are tutorial-based, but it doesn't have to be that way. And there's so many channels that are on such random things that you would never think are interesting, 
but R once somebody puts it out there. So don't worry about what you think it should be. Just make the channel what you want it to be and people will come on board if you are excited. Jordan, in terms of tech, this is the most important thing in terms of how you present your stuff. Why do the thumbnails matter so much? I mean, they are make or break as far as your channel getting out there. Right. So as, as a YouTube or, or a YouTuber, the thing we focus on generally is how good is the video. But the thing is, you have to get people to look at the video. And generally speaking, the first thing that they will see is that thumbnail. And so if you make the best video YouTube has ever seen, and it's cinematic and dramatic and the music is great and you have great uh, online presence and all that, but the thumbnail is crappy, no one's going to want to click it and no one's going to want to see your video. And then you have to compete with all the other thousands or millions of videos on, the sim on a similar topic. So there's where the challenge lies right there. Whenever all of you search for a topic on YouTube, think about why you click on a certain thumbnail and why you speed past others. I definitely, because I'm an old fart, <laughs> whenever I search for things, some thumbnails are a really big turnoff where I go, oh, I don't, I'm not going to click on that. And there's others where I'm like, that's what I want. But you have to say, why is that thumbnail telling you it has what you want? Sometimes people will look at the titles, but I think the thumbnails are 99.9% .9 of the reason why somebody gets clicked on. And that's what I didn't realize, Jordan, at first, is I thought, oh my gosh, I've got great video, which I did not at the time. <laughs> I was like, I got great content. Why are all these other videos getting more views? Because I would click on those videos and I'd be like, what is this? This is not a good video, okay? But the thing is, you can have an amazing video but if nobody clicks on it it's like it doesn't exist right it, it, it's it's definitely a challenge and it goes back to the marketing you know you have to learn to market yourself generally speaking and like for example i'm sure we all have a favorite singer in 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 here like maybe it's adele or maybe it's beyonce or maybe it's bruno mars i don't know but I guarantee you there's several people in the world who are better singers than them but they just don't know how to get out there and market themselves I almost guarantee, and that's the same situation across any sort of skill or trade. Thank you, 10,000 Crows, for the super sticker. We so much appreciate your support. Keep those super chats and stickers coming. We need those to keep our channel up and alive. Now, the other thing about thumbnails is it's very helpful to design a consistent theme and visuals. Why does that matter, Jordan? It's sort of, again, it's marketing. People will recognize the style of your thumbnail, you know? So just like when you go out in the street and you see a red building with a yellow arch, everyone knows what that stands for, right? If people are, if you're looking on YouTube and you see, you know, a similar layout and you see the Art Prof paintbrush logo and you see, you know, the two or three people who are live streaming, you recognize, oh, that's Art Prof. I'm going to check out their videos, right? So having that consistency really helps people to stay in line and that they don't have any sort of confusion as, as you continue to make videos. Thumbnails are hard. Oh my God, Jordan. <laughs> Our old thumbnails are terrible. And I remember thinking at the time, somebody said to us, your thumbnails are not very good. They're not fun. And I, I was like, 
Are you kidding? They're fine. They they look great. Look at this really cool painting that's on it. But Jordan, if you saw this video on YouTube, what would you think it's about? A red Squidward? I, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> what is um, preview? Preview yeah, what? What yeah, the heck is this? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, it is very helpful to have text in the thumbnail because, again, that's more attention grabbing than the title. But what do these words tell you about the video, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out, actually. As as you were talking, I was kind of like, what does fast and erratic mean? I'm not really sure if that's the name of the piece oh. or that's the style of the critique. If it's fast and erratic, I'm, I'm not really sure. I look at our old thumbnails, Jordan, and I'm like, what was I thinking? And now that I don't say that I haven't figured out necessarily, but I do think we are better <laughs> than we used to be. Not like that's difficult, but it takes time. You have to make a lot of bad thumbnails. And actually, the reason we have ones that look good now is because our designer, D, who also designed our website, designed this for us. <laughs> so it does make a difference to have a professional do it for you if you can. And we have a super chat here from Drewzilla, who says, finding this channel made wonders for my motivation. Thank you so much. Keep them coming, everybody. $20 makes a difference to us. Absolutely. Now, Jordan, why are these thumbnails better than the really bad ones? Uh, I mean, one, they're, they're more colorful. Um, I love I, the gradient. You see the artwork really close up. Um, everyone's smiling and happy and it's just things are just more eye-catching um, you know you see the giant Instagram logo we still have the ArtProf logo there and overall it just feels much more like the personality types that we are there's so many of us here that I think the diversity is better in this situation you know assume in every video the viewer knows nothing about you because most people find a channel because they search Benedict Cumberbatch and they go, oh, this is a really cool channel. And most of the time, that's the first video you see on that channel. And so you can't make assumptions about your audience. You have to say, hey, Jordan, what if this is the video, the first video of yours I have ever seen? And if you don't explain a little bit about who you are at some point in the video, it's confusing. Yeah. I think that that was actually one of the biggest tips I remember you giving me initially was that I have to assume that exact thing. And it was weird because I was like, well, are, isn't everyone going to watch all my videos? And the answer is no. I've, I'm subscribed on so many channels. I don't watch every video. I might watch one video every couple of months or maybe even years in some cases if they're not uploading consistently. So yeah, just try and find a way to reintroduce yourself um, each time. And if you, if you do a quick and snappy, that's even more fun. You will notice we always have the slide within the first five seconds of our video. You see this immediately so people know what's going on. And I would also say, don't say everything all at once. Like, Jordan, you ever see these videos? They tell you to subscribe in the first five seconds. I'm like, I haven't even seen your video and you're telling me to subscribe? <laughs> this is so silly. And so what we try to do is we get to the point really fast and we tell you to subscribe later on because it can be annoying. 
And you do have to tell people to subscribe. It's actually surprising. If you don't tell them, they just won't think to do it. But this does make a difference. And so these really quick introductory things, I think, are very important. We have a whole bunch of super stickers from Sentient Charcoal, from Amanda who says fast and erratic, and also RV Dick, thank you all so much. You're all so amazing. Okay, channel banner. Now, Jordan, you had yours for a little while and it looked pretty good, mm -hmm. but you did change it quite a bit recently. Why did you change it? Uh, I changed it mostly because, uh, well, one, I just thought was, I needed an upgrade. And two, I, ever since the last couple of weeks, I've been really trying to push my shadow boxers project. And so I talked to you and you're saying, you know what, just have your logo on the on the banner so people know shadow boxers lives here on this channel. Um, and then since I started doing live streams, you're like, you know, just put that in the, in the banner as well and just tell people um, so you don't have to worry about that announcement every single week. I mean, I still announce it, but just giving is sort of a type of home, I think was, was really key. And um, I think it looks kind of cool. I, I, I like it personally. <laughs> I like that it's so clean because there's a lot of videos that they make such busy channel banners that it's actually hard to figure out what it is that they do. I mean, ours is sort of complicated. <laughs> I hope it's fun in some way, but same thing. You'll notice ours in the upper left says Sundays, live streams. And you'll also notice that we also have the words create and critique, and we also have art tutorials up here. And so a couple of simple text pieces, people can get the idea of what your channel is really fast because people have very short attention spans online. They really just <laughs> don't want to be bothered with all that extra stuff. And this is a good comment from Maitri Yi. The way that the channel icon and banner match is really pleasing, Jordan. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. I work hard on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keywords in video titles. Now, Jordan, you got to start working on this. Why is that? Uh, well, it goes back to the same type of conversation we had about thumbnails. If you have to think about the words people are going to search most often, and if you pick a word that is not very common, then you got to assume not a lot of people are going to find the video. So, and, so you have to find that balance of a word that people will choose, but also makes your videos sound interesting and will make people want to click on it. So haven't found that balance just yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Keywords are really important and you should put the most important keyword first so that people see it immediately. So for us, the phrase self-taught artists is really important because a lot of people are self-taught. Tell us in the chat who here is self-taught. They will type into YouTube self-taught artist. They might not type in curriculum, but Guess who will? Teachers will type in curriculum. And then people who want to know about portraits will put that in. And so I was just telling Jordan, listen, don't put the word live stream in there because live stream is not going to, people don't search live stream. They will search character design though. And so these are big differences with keywords. We have hacks, painting, and watercolor. These are all keywords. Anybody who wants to know about these things, is gonna to touch upon one of these words. Now, keywords are hard though. It's not always clear what to do and I don't think I'm great at it, but it is, 
important to think about. Now, Jordan, this is something you and I do. When we have a topic, we'll actually search other videos that are on the same topic. So we did this stream recently about AI art. And why did I look up other videos about AI? Well, I think a lot of it comes from just seeing what else is out there, right? You have to study your, your competition, if, if you can say such a thing on when it comes to YouTube. And, you know, for me, it helps me to understand what is it that are attracting people's eye when it comes to thumbnails, what type of keywords they're using, um, you know, how they're phrasing things. And then if you're actually watching the video, like how are they presenting it and how does it impact you? Um, it, you're just basically studying at this point. Well, one thing I noticed when I looked up AI is a lot of them were very doomsday. It's the end of the world for artists. And so that's the reason why we phrased our title this way, is to talk about, hey, how is this going to hurt artists or will it not? And so doing that search is very helpful just to see what people are looking about. A lot of people are worried about AI if they are artists. And so we tried to really hit that with the keywords. This is a good question from Carolyn. Do your keywords have to be in the title or can they be in the tags or descriptions? I can tell you tags don't matter that much. People think they do, they don't. Description is good because AI certain, AI, YouTube will certainly pick up words from your description to help people find you. But the most important thing is keywords in the title. So I wouldn't sweat the video description so much. Another thing, batch film content and then spread out the posts. Jordan, you've done this before, right? I need to do it a little bit more, but yes, I have done batch recording and it's really helpful because I find that rec the actual recording process is is pretty short. You know, I could do it in one sit down and maybe 20 to 30 minutes or something. It's the editing that usually takes you a while. So if you can batch record and just get the content ready to go, all you need to do is just sit down and focus on editing and you just post, 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 post. So Mia Rozier, who is here on staff, she's been doing a ton of editing for us on shorts. And usually what I do is I'll send her four videos and say, okay, can you edit all of these? We figure them out and then we post them maybe over the span of two weeks. Because Jordan, it's not good if you have a blitz of videos. Like if we posted all four of these in one day, that's almost a waste because you want to be uploading more consistently over a broader range of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it helps build anticipation to waiting for the next one. And uh, you also want to just have a backlog of stuff ready to go so you're not stressing all the time. Let's talk about live streaming versus editing because Jordan, you've done both. So have I. And even simple editing is not simple. I mean, yes, I get really into the editing. I can't really help it. And people are shocked that a 30 second video could take two hours to edit. But that is the case sometimes. I mean, there are people who just throw up a short and there's no editing or anything like that. That's fine. But I don't really want to do that because it's not fun for me. But editing does take time. Yeah, editing, like I said a second ago, is the part that takes the longest. Like, if I record a video in 30 minutes, it could take me four, five, six days to edit. You know, not all day usually, but I'll split it up. And um, editing is is so valuable because it it really helps the pacing of your your uh, video. 
and it could help you could help explain ideas better in a certain way if you want to have an overlay of a drawing that you're doing uh your process and talk over it like there's a lot of different techniques that you can do and uh so you really want to make sure you take the time to put that energy into editing editing can get rid of a lot of crap jordan you know when you watch a video and people are like so i think hmm mm, it's just annoying you know i mean given on a live stream people have different expectations but you can edit out a lot of stuff that just gets in the way of people yeah. getting the information that they want yeah. but why are live streams also great to do despite all the ums and buts uh well live stream well i think this live stream is a perfect example of it you guys get to interact with us we get to interact with our audience and you do get to see the blunders and the issues and the random dogs that bark when I only live stream like what's happening right now and like, like stuff like that is really really helpful um and yeah I just think it's a great way to get connected uh in, in one place at the same time speaking of live streams Jordan's doing one tonight 6 p.m pacific this is how you get your art prof fix because we haven't been live streaming as much as we used to so go to his channel subscribe check out what he has to offer because it's a really cool channel and you're going to want to be there when shadow boxers gets big you're going to want to say i was there at the yeah. very beginning when this all happened you'll all get shadow yeah. speech yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing about editing to know is there's different variations you don't have to do super high end editing i do do that on some of my bread fairy videos my travel tutorials i think i figured out jordan two minutes of editing is one, no, two minutes of the video is one hour of editing. So if I have a 20 minute video, it's 10 hours of editing. That is not an exaggeration. And you were surprised that editing took so long, right? Yeah, I was surprised, definitely. I mean, part of the most difficult part was just editing out the ums and the pauses in the second and third takes. That's always the worst one where you're, when you have three takes and some of them have good portions and you're like, which part of which? And you have to reorganize it. Ugh, that takes forever. <laughs> Mark says, when do you decide to go live as a new channel? Just do it. Jordan, think about all the terrible live streams that we did. Yeah. The, I mean, the, for me, what I considered, I was just like, I want to go live. I, I know what I want to do. And I know I want to have music playing. That was it. And once I figured out how to set up the camera and all that stuff, and thankfully StreamYard has a music thing, so that makes it way easier then i was just like all right let's go live and you know if only i mean when we first started our prop streams we only had like four or five people watching at a time yeah. you know like that's that's how it was we would get we would literally get excited in our staff calls when we got 10 people we'd be like yo this is amazing we're growing like that's how it was and so um so yeah don't don't despise small beginnings also live streams you can trim them so if you have something in the beginning or if you're laptop died in the middle of the live stream like it did for me a week ago i cut out that whole beginning and it's really helpful the only thing is you lose the live chat which jordan i don't understand i don't either and i've been debating whether or not i want to <laughs> trim stuff because of that one thing so i think i like watching the live chat if i'm re-watching a stream you know there's something about it and of course at least for both our and joe mcfell show we do show the comments but there's something about that that yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll just press the forward button and get to the next point. I don't know. I'm still deciding. 
Seven Angelic says, any tips for learning editing? You just have to start and you have to decide, am I going to go full out Adobe Premiere or am I going to go Video Leap, which is a wonderful editing app? I would say if you don't want to do something really high end, you'd be amazed what some of these apps can do. And I would say for most people, you don't need to learn Adobe Premiere. Premiere is a lot of work. It is not something you can learn quickly and it is very complicated and it's not in intuitive. So I would say try Video Leap or some other editing app. Uh, I have would, a range of video lengths. Oh, sorry, go. I was gonna say the one thing I would just make sure is when you're editing, just learn to cut the things that are not necessary. That's the biggest thing. If it's not necessary, just leave it out. No one needs those extra two seconds of you inhaling deeply or something. Here's a comment from Carolyn who says, do you have to show yourself in a live stream? I'm an overweight middle-aged woman. I really don't want to show myself. You don't, but you know something, Carolyn? I wish I saw more people like you on YouTube. It proves that you don't have to be hot and beautiful and on the cover of Vogue. I mean, people sometimes really don't like that. Sometimes for me, it makes me feel like crap about myself. So I would like to see somebody like you on YouTube. Yeah. Have a range of video lengths. We started by having really long videos, 40, 30 minutes. But then we started doing shorts, which are about a minute. Some are even 30 seconds. Why is this important, Jordan? I think if you only have long videos, it will make people less likely to watch or they have to feel like they have to sit down and be committed. Like you have to be stuck in traffic and it playing or you have to be, you, you know, laying in bed or like you have to really commit yourself to that. But two minutes, that's walking to the store, you know, that's waiting for the elevator or for, you know, that that's you as after you put in change in the parking meter, like it really short little moments like that, I think can really uh, help boost your channel a lot because there's not as much of a time commitment there. Well, if I say to you, Jordan, oh, look at this 30 second video. I mean, who's going to turn that down? Mm -hmm. But some people, it's a big turn off when they see it's 40 minutes. They say, oh my gosh, I don't have time. And then they never end up watching it. Right. And so shorts are very important as far as being an entry point because Jordan, sometimes people will watch a 30 second short and go, oh man, I really like this. I want to watch the longer version because we have short versions and we have long versions. And sometimes the short version is what pulls people into the longer version. Other people tell me they hate shorts. So it's actually <laughs> important to do that. Now, shorts are important though, if you want to get some traction because YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, they are all pushing this, Jordan. Yeah, I've slowly learned that, that that is what is going on. Um, and yeah, reels, shorts, all that stuff, that's that's the new thing. And so I think we all, including myself, just have to get used to it. I really did not want to do shorts. I was rolling my eyes. Oh, I have to learn this new thing. And it took me a year and a half before I felt comfortable doing it. And if again, if you go back and watch our old shorts, they're terrible. And I think they're a lot better now. Okay, reply to every comment. Why does this matter, Jordan? I think it's important because when you're, a, so as a fan, if, if you're uh, spending time writing a comment to someone, even if it's just saying really like the video and you feel noticed, that's a really big deal. You know, it's sort of like, I imagine it's a miniature version of what happens when 
you know, when someone, when a, like a music star acknowledges a fan of theirs, like shakes their hand at a concert or something like that, it's a miniature version of that. And so when you feel seen, we all feel better. And so if you're, when, if you're able to respond to every single person and allow them to feel like you're hearing them and they're acknowledged, then they're going to love you even more, typically. How many people here in the chat comment on videos? How many people here never comment? That's me. How many people have commented, gotten a reply and gone, oh my gosh, I got a reply and been really happy about that? Because Jordan, most channels don't reply to comments. And so when you do, it makes a big difference. Yeah, especially really big channels. It's very rare for people to reply to you. So yeah, if if you're just starting out and you you got 100 uh subscribers that that's a lot of people like imagine a hundred people standing outside of your house going like i want to say hi to you i want to tell you how great of a job you did that's a really good feeling thank you anna for the super sticker anna says i'm a bit tech phobic so i want to go slow with the editing absolutely there's no reason you have to figure this out overnight so everybody here take your time don't worry about trying to get a thousand subs overnight that just doesn't happen okay don't count on youtube becoming a big source of income i have students i've had at RISD who say well i want to start a channel because it'd be so nice to have all that extra cash and jordan people don't realize it takes time to get monetized even yeah so so for those who are not aware in order to become monetized on youtube you need 1000 subscribers and 4000 watch hours within the last 12 months um, usually most people can hit the subscriber count pretty okay, is, you know, especially if you have friends supporting you, but the 4,000 watch hours, that's a challenge. Um, that, that, that means you have to have people watching your content for 4,000 hours in, like, that's, that's, a, that's a, a lot, you know, like, I do a, a live stream, and there might be 10 or 15 people on, and that might be, like, 20 hours of watch time. So, if you, so let's say I did that every single day <laughs> and got there 20 hours, you know, that would still take me a while. So you have to put out a lot of content, a lot of videos, which is why we recommend shorts, why we recommend live streams and edited videos if you want your channel to grow. But you cannot expect it to happen overnight or for it to be easy. No. You know something? People think they look at our channel. Wow, you have 143,000 subscribers. You must make so No, we don't make a lot on YouTube. In fact, it's a small portion of what we get from Patreon supporters. It's not income we can rely on. And you know something, Jordan? It hasn't changed in years. A significant bump. I mean, sure, for a little while, we were making $50 a month. We're definitely making more, but the growth is not there with monetization. So if you want to make money, this is not the way to do it. It's nice to have, but you have to think about it as extra income because the ad revenue changes. Sometimes it goes up and down. It's very frustrating. So my final tip, YouTube's like a video game. There's all these hidden features. And Jordan, why do you know about them? <laughs> because you told me most of them, actually. <laughs> like a lot of it is just, you know, you think it's just as easy as like, oh, I record, I edit, I put the video out. But just about everything we talked about is almost a hidden feature in a sense. Like we talked about the thumbnails and the, um, the titles and all that. But then you have things like end screens and the subscribe buttons and you have ways you can edit and pick music. And there's so much that goes into it that I wasn't really expecting when I first made it. It's really like learning a language. There are certain things you just find after a while. Speaking of which, 
software is a whole other thing as well. For example, we use OBS, which is a free software. It enables me to create all of those different formats for the live streams where you see the reference photo, you see my hands, you see my face. This took a while for me to learn. And we do have a tutorial on that if people want to see how to use OBS. And so this format is made by OBS. And it's not simple to learn this tech, Jordan. No, it's not. Especially it, like me, I'm a novice when it comes to like sound quality and stuff. Um, I, I literally had to have a friend come over who does audio mixing in Hollywood. He came to my house and fixed my OBS for me. Like that's that's how intense it is sometimes. And if you don't know this stuff offhand, you're going to either have to learn it or find someone who could teach you. Um, and those are, again, things you're not expecting because poor audio quality, poor video quality, those are things that are all going to affect your video as well. TubeBuddy is a supplemental piece of software. It helps you do certain things faster. For example, I use TubeBuddy to add tags. So I have certain tags that are automated. It shows me tags that I didn't even think about. So there are all kinds of things you can plug in. Oh my gosh, I love StreamYard, Jordan. I'm like a walking advertisement for StreamYard. This is what we use to live stream. You can also record inside of it as well. And I think you're becoming a fan too, Jordan. Oh, I love StreamYard because I was, for my live streams, I was going to use OBS and all these things started happening. I had a whole setup. I was planning it out for like, I spent hours on it. And then I realized StreamYard has all the stuff that I really need. I was like, you know what? <laughs> that time is just going to have to go somewhere else now. I'm just going to stick with StreamYard. It's the easiest thing to use ever. This is worth it. If you're going to live stream, if you're really going to have a channel, get StreamYard. It's not expensive, and I'm the biggest fan. It, it changed my life, for real. <laughs> now, YouTube, it's always changing. You've got to stay up to date on the features. I mean, they recently added Super Thanks, which is your, where you can leave a tip for an artist, like a super sticker, but you can leave it anytime you want. It doesn't have to be during a live stream. And Jordan, this makes your head spin sometimes, all the changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, it, it's it's a market. I mean, YouTube as a company, it's a, it's a business, a big business. It's not just about, you know, putting up a video, which obviously you can do and not really expect any sort of money from it. But they constantly have things going on. Like every two to three weeks, it seems like there's always some big announcement. And to get used to that, on top of all the other stuff you're trying to learn, uh, can become a little daunting. So I would say take it one day at a time and just learn what you can when you can. These two channels absolutely are responsible for our channel succeeding. VidIQ, they give such good tips. So if I want to know what's going on, I just watch their videos because they always up to date things. And Nick Nimmin, oh, dude, this guy taught me everything I ever needed to know about YouTube. He's really smart. He's to the point. He doesn't add a lot of fluff and he's got really concrete tips. So if you want to know about YouTube, look at vidIQ and Nick Nimmin. This Google slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. You can also get it on artprof.org. After this live stream, we will be live in the ArtProf Discord. In post live streams, we will be typing and chatting and all kinds of things. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. For example, we have services. You can purchase a portfolio critique, an artist call, and this is one of our newest additions, which is artist doc editing services, looking at cover letters and CVs, artist statements, which are impossible to write for most of us. 
You can also purchase an artist call. And this is a great way to get customized advice. You can make a one-time donation via PayPal. $5 matters, everybody. Really helps us. You can buy original art on Etsy, our shop. But we want to say a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters because this is it for our budget. If we didn't have this, this would not happen. And Jordan, we went up for the second time, two consecutive weeks. We went up. I'm like so happy. I was so depressed when we kept going down. But we do have a larger goal in mind so we can keep providing more support. Our Prof Has a Podcast is available on Spotify and also on iTunes and subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.